Ask the Dentist back. Thanks for joining us on this podcast, Dr. Stacy. I'm Dr. B. We are going to talk functional dentistry, and we're also going to talk about a topic today that I know you on your Instagram feed are getting a lot of questions on, as I am, and that is canker sores, sores in the mouth, yes. pain for two weeks for that 14-day window that that is very typical. And and I think part of the problem, and I'm curious to see what you say, Stacy, is that we haven't done as dentists, we haven't done a good job of delineating all the root causes and which sore is what and what is the etiology or the source of it. It's complicated. It's it's even complicated for dentists. So we kind of smooth it over and say, yep, yeah, just rinse with this, use mouthwash, and in two weeks it'll go away. And it will go away on its yeah. own, typically. But then it comes back. Yes. So it's it's difficult. But we're going to talk about that today. We're going to try and get through that in under a half hour. They're I think it pretty, may take a little longer. They're pretty common. So I think this will resonate and help a lot of people out there listening. They are very common. Before we do that, let's talk about any new news. Do you have any new news in the oral health arena? Anything you want to talk about? Oh, I actually want to go off the oral health arena and just say how much I'm in love with pickleball right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone out there listening has become obsessed with this also, but we know that having a sense of community and moving our bodies is also important for oral health. I can tie it back that way, but I'm pretty obsessed right now with that. And I will say when I'm exercising and huffing and puffing, I'm very mindful of not mouth breathing. So I'm really working on that during my exercise now is make sure I nasal breathe during my cardiovascular. But any listeners out there that have pickleball tips or strategies for me, please reach out. I agree with you. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm obsessed with pickleball as well. I've only played twice, but I think it has a great future because it's more accessible to more people. And then you hit on it. It's very social. So it's you're out with other people. Of course, they're trying to ban a lot of these courts. That's another whole topic, but because of noise concerns, but you're out with other people, people you haven't met or people that you have, that you do meet on a weekly basis. And you're getting exercise with fewer injuries than tennis. Not that tennis is a bad sport. I love tennis. I used to play a lot of tennis. So yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a great obsession. Yeah, me too. How about you? What are your... Just two products that I I get excited about gadgets. I I don't know if that's a guy thing or what, or power (laughs) tools, right? This is a a flosser. It's an electric flosser that was sent to me recently, and they reached out. And I'm usually very skeptical. I say, before you send anything out, send me the specs on it. I liked that. And then they sent the product out. So they're sending it to you as well. And I think we should talk about it. I think there's a lot of promise here. For those people that don't like to floss or can't floss well enough to get the job done, this could be a game changer. So I I want to see what you think first. Yeah. So a lot of people have a hard time flossing due to many reasons. Gag reflexes, they just find it to be gross, their hands are too large, they have oral sensory issues. Yep. I very often will recommend floss water flossers. Right. But that looks really interesting. I'm gonna kind of describe it in case this video is not shown, but it sort of looks like the handle of a Sonicare, mm-hmm. but with like an electric-ish floss tip. So right. I I'm excited to try that. It's cordless, right? It's pumping, yeah. it's throwing water at you. 
piping the water and you're not tied to that cord that's on the sink and it's coiled. And I think that could be big. There, there are a lot of places in the mouth that you'd want to use a water pick over flossing access issues. But for me, the big thing, even as a dentist, I mean, it takes a while to get good at flossing. It does. It's a coordination issue. And a lot yeah. of people, especially the elderly, certainly yeah. children, it's all about coordination. And if you can't yeah. do it, and then you've got a parent trying to do it on their child, that takes coordination beyond that behavioral sure. management and People psychology. With disabilities. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we sh- I'll check it out and we should do a product review. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm excited about that. The other one I'm excited about is this. I've heard yeah. a lot about it. I know you know about it. I use it's, it, yeah. It's the propolis. I'm just curious how it affects the oral microbiome. Is it good? I had a sore throat all last week. So did my wife. And we saw it on sale and we grabbed some. And you know what? It... Not enough data yet, but I think it makes a difference. Is that Beekeeper Naturals? Is that the company that you have? Yeah. Yeah. I have a sinus spray because I was found to have Marcans positive. And there's many functional medicine providers that say it's one of the only things that can get mold under control in the sinuses. So I think it is. there is a lot of promise there. And we should definitely explore with some of our resources more about how it is affecting the oral microbiome. I've reached out to Bristol as well. The oral yeah. microbiome testing company to see what they say. They right. can pretty much, they're at the level now with the database that they have and the testing resolution that they have with Bristle. And again, we both recommend Bristle. We've talked about it. I think they could easily, within weeks, understand what effect it has on the oral microbiome. Yeah, adding um, to our protocols. Right. So yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, there are bacteria in here. There is a biome in this bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what bees make. It's not just honey to put on your toast. So, Oh, let's talk about highs and lows. Any highs and lows for you this week? Any fails and wins before we get into oral sores? Well, again, just (laughs) my highs are I'm getting my serve down with pickleball. I don't have many oral health things. Okay, you are officially obsessed. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm so obsessed with it. No, just things are going great in my office and we're continuing to reach more people. We have more people traveling to see us, which I'm really happy. That's great. You know, we're reaching people that maybe don't have access to the type of practice we have. I hope someday to be able to help more people in other areas because not everyone can travel. Milo might be the same as yours. We'll get to that. We read the same article and we're talking about it. So I might table mine for a moment. Well, go ahead and talk about it. I mean, I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, there was. So it was in Dr. Bicuspid. Is it by Cuspid, Dr. Cuspid? Dr. By Cuspid yeah, is a newsletter for dentists, right? Newsletter that we get and mm-hmm. it gives like snippets every week. And so there's a dentist that's being sued by a, a pretty large company, um, a defamation suit, because he spoke out against these direct to consumer prefabricated partial denture snap on appliances, mm-hmm. essentially. And it's not that dissimilar from other of these direct-to-consumer orthodontic groups that are out there. And there's concern with the fact that he is having to undergo this defamation suit for just speaking his mind as an expert in the field. And, and I agree with you. I think he did a great job explaining his issues with it. You know, there's no dentist or dental team really overseeing some of these appliances and so we don't know what, what is their periodontal health like? What are their bleeding indices? Do they have decay? Is anyone checking them for oral cancer? I mean, who is the dental professional signing off on this stuff? So it's not very well regulated. And so it's just, it's kind of scary to know that they have deep pockets, obviously. 
And so I feel bad for this dentist having to go the stress that that must be creating for him. Yeah. And he was just giving his essentially his expert opinion. Which he's entitled to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a new trend. I mean, bypassing the dentist, the professional, the, the clinical provider with dental services. Smile Direct is a classic example. This is a, a snap-on. It's like a grill. Yep. People know what a grill is, but it's mm-hmm. very beautiful and, and tooth-like. It doesn't have gold and jewels on it and everything like that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't want to belabor it anymore, but it does worry me because I've seen these grills and underneath it are rotting teeth that could turn into infected abscess teeth that could literally take out your heart, your brain, other organs, and eventually your life. I mean, and that's yeah. not that's not an over-exaggeration. So, yeah, so I, I, I like what he did. I just want to give him support. Kudos to him. Yeah, I'll just add to anytime we put anything in the mouth, a mm-hmm. filling, a crown, a partial bracket for for your braces, it is changing the ecology of the mouth. It is right. influencing the microbiome. To what extent, perhaps we don't fully know, but also there's does this patient have any underlying medical conditions? Are they do they have sensitivities to the ingredients in this product. Yeah. Right. I, just, I take just a lot of issue with it because it's not bio-individual care. Right. It's sort of that one size fits all care, which is exactly what you and I are trying to right. fight against. You yeah. know? And so. it's de- it's designed to fit over the teeth. So it doesn't have very well-defined, very well-sealed margins. Mm-hmm. There could be some rough spots that we'll talk about here in a minute now. Yes. Great segue. Great Mechanical segue. trauma, rubbing. Also, as you said, sensitivity to the acrylics or the materials. It's a it's a 3D printed device. It can be made for in very little time. You send them an impression and their 3D printer will produce this device and it either snaps in or somehow locks into place. Mm-hmm. And again, if it's sold in such a way where... You've got a the business meeting of your life or you've got the data of your life and, and you're in process of getting dental work done. If it's considered to be a provisional or what we call a, a layperson would be temporary, temporary, a temporary restoration, I'm all for it. And it's worth it. And the, even the price is, I mean, my lab fees on these large provisionals sometimes are $800. So that I get, but it's being sold as in the health industry being thin before being fit kind of concept. Yeah. That's really misleading the public and it's going to get them into trouble. So anyway, we don't want to belabor that nope. anymore. Yeah. Nope. So I'm getting a lot of questions, and I'm sure you are too, on Instagram about canker sores and cold sores. People, yep. it's very prevalent. People suffer from this. I think we are suffering more now than we ever did in history because of, and we'll talk about it, environmental concerns, diet, environment. It's a complicated topic. And I don't know what you think, but I think it's complicated because as dentists, we view it as complicated. And because we don't have a lot of time necessarily, we kind of just polish it over like a physician would almost like medicate the patient or just give them a pat answer and it'll go away in 14 days. And it will go away in 14 days, even if you do nothing. The problem is, is that these are reoccurring ulcerations of the oral mucosa, holes in your mouth. So Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to deal with. And we're going to try and do it in the next 20, 30 minutes. Okay. All right. Let's talk about first, let's try and keep it very simple. Difference between a canker sore and a cold sore. These are both to the patient kind of the same thing. They're painful. Mm -hmm. They exhibit as a abnormality of the inside of the skin. They're different locations, of course. 
What's the difference between a cold sore and a canker sore? Yeah, I think, well, essentially, so it's an, it's an ulceration in the mouth, mm-hmm. right? And so there... What is an ulceration, though? I mean, I don't think people get that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a lack of the oral mucosa that becomes exposed, becomes very painful. I mean, it's oh. it can be really affect the quality of life. And we see it a lot in children, too. We'll get to that, but... Yeah. If you've had one, you know, it's pretty brutal and it tends to, you know, have a peak time. It's usually mm-hmm. five to seven days in and then it will slowly get better. It can take 14 days. Sometimes they can take up to 30 days and that mm-hmm. that just v- depends on whether they are canker sores or cold sores. And this is where I think the dental community does struggle to identify them, myself included, because you really have to kind of dig deeper and get into the history of the patient. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, you know, an app this ulcer or reoccurring at this ulcer. So those are more like canker sores. Mm-hmm. Cold sores tend to be more viral related, like the herpes virus specifically. And we'll, we'll get more into that, but they're both miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they're treated similarly. Although if it is viral, you know, we may use antivirals. Again, we'll get into more details there. Right. I always tell my patients, imagine a sore on your skin, not a cut. A cut is different. And a cut heals very quickly because, you know, it's a pro- it approximate nicely. It's if you suture it together or even just by what's it called? Primary closure, mm-hmm. that cut will heal very quickly. This is burned away skin. It's like a burn and yeah. it has to heal from the outside borders in. And then while it's in the mouth, while traumatic caustic foods getting scraped past it, dry mouth at night all these things that happen in the mouth. And that's why it takes so long to heal. And that's why it's so painful because Mm -hmm. here you can put a Band-Aid on it, right? The burn and then watch it and stay away from it. But in the mouth, you can't do that because everything's going past it, uh, including breathing and mm-hmm. talking and, and all of that. So, like and then of course, chewing, yeah. yeah. And then cold yeah. sores are unsightly because they're outside the mouth. So yes. it's it's a big deal. And then they keep coming back. So yeah. let's talk root cause eventually on how we can teach our patients, our our listeners, readers on how to prevent this from happening. And then, of course, all the medications. I think we over-medicate in some cases. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of doctors give viral medications, which are super expensive, like two, $300, the ones that tend to work, to the wrong case. In other words, the, the wrong, it's a canker sore. It's not it's a canker sore. It's an, right. an aptus ulcer. It's yeah. not a herpes type one infection. So real quick, Let's say you've got a nice enlarged makeup mirror with a light and you can look inside and peel back Mm -hmm. your cheek. What's the difference between a canker sore and a cold sore? What would be the identifying characteristics? Well, I think it's pretty nuanced. I think it's more about symptoms leading up to it. So a lot of times cold sores, you will have fever, low grade or even a higher fever, general malaise. You feel that prodomal feeling. Some patients say it feels tingling. Mm -hmm. They know it's coming. So you really do have to have an intake with the patients. But, you know, a, a cold sore may be more fluid-filled right. or a, like Outside, a blister, like a pimple. It might right. stab over. And an aptus ulcer, a canker sore, may be more round or white with kind of a red halo. But I always like to talk about nutrition because that's one of my passions. So I will say aptus ulcers or canker sores, they can be seen with nutritional deficiencies. Definitely. Specifically, yep, riboflavin, B vitamins is a big one, B12, folic acid, ascorbic acid too. So that's associated Um, with stress as well. Yes, absolutely. And hormonal imbalances. 
And they're doing studies, you know, it's not conclusive, but they're linking them also to gluten sensitivity and celiac and Crohn's disease and these things. So when I see a patient coming in with recurrent ulcers, Mm -hmm. I want to ask a lot more questions. They also have eczema, which I think gluten intolerance when I see that or GI disturbances. And I'm curious about their nutrition as well. Right. And we know now too that different bacteria like H. pylori can actually affect absorption of nutrition. So that right. can affect your B12 level. So while it might not be H. pylori directly, indirectly, you may be B12 deficient because you have H. pylori in your gut. So again, we can link this back to gut health. So that is something I think of along with products. So I want to know what products are the patients using too. And Absolutely. Products are a big part of it. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes just removing all the products is the best place to start. If you're talking to the patient over the phone, I usually say, stop using everything, your mouthwashes, yeah. your oral care products. And then by the time you come in in a week, we'll have a better idea of what's what's going on. That whole IBS connection, which is amazing, but it makes sense because really the mouth is part of the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. The oral mucosa is very thin. It's one cell thick where the skin is multiple layers. It's thicker, it's more durable, more resistant to puncture and and damage. But the oral mucosa can be damaged very, very quickly. One cell thick. It can also be the oral microbiome. People that get recurrent canker sores, I ask them to get tested because as you said, there are a lot of bacteria in the mouth. If there's a dysbiosis, you are more prone to having that oral mucosa break down. Yeah. Into ulcerations, into we, open sores and holes. Yeah, we skin. see them with allergies. Like mm-hmm. so not only food sensitivities, but ingredient sensitivities. So I I like that you do that. And I think more dentists are they're aware, specifically we're talking about sodium lauryl sulfate, right? So right. emulsifiers and surfactants are essentially detergents that are in our toothpaste that can be very irritating to the oral mucosa. And so right. I think that's a good strategy is to cut that out. And to see if it improves. And if it doesn't, then maybe we dig deeper. Is it a nutritional deficiency? Mm-hmm. Is there is there gut dysbiosis or something of that nature? But I will say many people do not know that sodium lauryl sulfate mm-hmm. has many other names. <laughs> we're gonna think, yeah, we're gonna go through that. That is we, uh, we let's should, do that now. We should keep it, we'll put in the show notes because it's honestly too many to it's list. It's a long list, yeah. Let's talk about that. So yeah. sodium lauryl sulfate, what is it? Why should we be concerned? It's a surfactant. It's an emulsifier. It's essentially a soap. It's a detergent. It's a chemical that's put into toothpaste, not to your benefit. It's there to make a homogeneous, large volume mix of fat or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. manufacturing aid to bring this product into your tube without you know being evenly mixed so that it is evenly mixed. It doesn't separate. But yeah. that will thin and puncture ulcerate the oral mucosa. It breaks it down. It has a drying effect. Yes. And of course, there are SLS-free toothpaste recently. Yes. But But. it's it's like (laughs) BPA-free. They put something else in there. They just call it something else. Right. There might be cleaner versions of it, right? So there are some that are based, they're from coconut. They're coconut-derived. Right. And those might be better for some patients, but not all. Right. You know, I have a lot of patients that they they cut out SLS and then use an SLS free, but it still has an SLS derivative in it, right. and they still have issues. And I but, don't think people realize that. Yeah. So it is. Like you're absolutely right. Thing. I mean, synthetic or naturally derived, it's still 
designed and put into the toothpaste formulation to do have that surfactant emulsifier kind of effect. And so the best toothpaste would be one without any emulsifiers or surfactants in it. That's hard to do though. That formula, that formulation is hard to do. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for such a formulation, one with hydroxyapatite in it, no emulsifiers, Glycerin, I'm not too concerned about, but no glycerin would be nice. Less is more, right? We, yeah, exactly. I think I'll go on the glycerin. I'll talk about glycerin quickly. I agree with you. There, I don't know. It became like this viral sensation. Yeah. And you and I have spoken about it before, and we've both done our own research. There isn't the claim is that it impedes the absorption of minerals and these the biofilm. remineralizing it, it alters agents. the biofilm yep. i've just never seen a study that actually proves that however i we don't know what it's doing to the oral microbiome fully right, right? so yep. i would argue that we should be cautious with glycerin and less is more right absolutely i think the tough part in making the ideal toothpaste is not adding more it's taking out and coming up with a toothpaste that works well something that people expect, something that comes out of the tube, nicely mixed and actually remineralizes teeth and doesn't harm or damage or and or nourishes the oral microbiome. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We'll have that soon. I'm sure someone's working on it as we speak. So with canker sores, besides the SLS and food allergies, sensitivities, it could be from trauma too. So biting your cheek or eating mm-hmm. pretzels or crunchy, crunchy bread could be just enough to tear that oral mucosing and create this ulceration and that can be very right. hard to get control of too. Exactly. The sourdough um, bread crust uh, and also mouth breathing at night mm-hmm. that does affect the oral mucosa, not only the oral microbiome, but it does make it hard for the oral mucosa to do its job, to be a semi-permeable but protective layer with an immune response. And when it's dry, just like when the nose is dry, if you're not nose breathing, you're more likely to get a histaminic response if you don't have nicely hydrated, good biome and bacteria, layer of bacteria or biofilm in your nasal passages. It's just not going to work the way it was meant to work. So again, I sometimes will recommend people mouth tape. If they're mouth breathing a lot, if they can, if they can force the nose breathing, that could help the state of or the likelihood of someone getting canker sores. Agree. Um, yeah. yeah. And so besides that, you know, using as clean of a toothpaste and just oral healthcare products as possible, smoothing down any sharp ed- edges of your teeth, just try mm-hmm. to avoid trauma. But I recommend this. I know you do too. I just love saltwater rinses. Yep. I'm a big fan of the power of salt. Totally. You, you have a recipe, I believe. Yep, on our website. It's a super saturated super solution saturated. of salt water. Mm-hmm. Pick the best quality salt you can. Keep stirring salt into a eight-ounce glass of good, clean water. And when it no longer dissolves, that is a super that's as strong as you can get it. Salt water has a tonicity to it. It it actually remember I said earlier, we we have to pull the cells in over that hole in your oral mucosa, that canker or that that ulceration, that's a secondary healing. And salt water promotes that. It speeds it up. And it also cleanses the wound a little bit and helps it from getting infected. And it it sometimes helps with pain. Just that salt feeling does help a little bit. So I like that. doesn't work all the time, but it works often. It can help expedite healing. I think it has antiseptic qualities to it. What I don't like very much are these gels. And over-the-counter aids, especially in children, and a lot of parents may not realize this, but especially with teething or ulcers in kids, we really do not want to be using Orogel. In fact, the FDA 
has come out saying don't use that. I believe there's warning, warnings now on it because it can actually affect the oxygen carrying capacity in the blood. And it's something called methyl, I always forget it. Let me look it up. I have it in my note. Methemoglobin. Yeah. Anyway, so it can cause essentially like bleeding blood concentration and affect disorders. And I think part part of it is to we overuse it. So there's there's lidocaine in some of these products, and mm-hmm. we're just overdoing it. This is the same with the magic mouthwash prescription. Oh my god! So you know, I'm not a fan of it. I can't even tell you the last time I wrote it. I'm glad we have it. You know, patients mm-hmm. undergoing cancer therapies and things. Yes, but yes. in kids, the biggest issue with kids when they have a lot of ulcers, and we'll get more into cold sores or if they're more herpetic, right? That'll be the next mm-hmm. thing we talk about. But it's hydration. We want to make sure these kids are staying hydrated. We worry about dehydration. So mm-hmm. parents worry so much. Well, they haven't eaten in a few days. I'm not worried about that. I want to make sure, are they sucking on popsicles? Are they sipping on broth and water? Are they right. ur- are they urinating? And if they're not, I don't think a mouthwash is the right choice. I think the right choice is you need to go to urgent care or the ED to make Mm -hmm. sure your child doesn't very quickly head downhill with dehydration. Right. They dehydrate very quickly. Very, very quickly. than adults. Yes. So again, please don't use Orgel in kids. Try other measures, warm salt water rinses, avoiding acidic, citrusy foods that can sting. Don't worry too much about food for a few days, but hydration is really important. And of course, call your doctor, call your dentist. But I will tell you, there is something that I see a lot in my office because I work with young children, and that's herpetic gingivostomatitis. Yes. And this could fall under essentially cold sores, but they're more in the mouth, but it's essentially herpes simplex virus, Right. right? And so... There's oral herpes, and many, many of us are exposed to it. And our first exposure usually is under the age of five, and it's usually once we start preschool, and it just goes rampant in the classroom. It can be terrible. The gums get very inflamed, very red. They bleed easily. Your child will have a fever associated with it, malaise. It's pretty brutal. That's the primary, the first time they get it. And that's different than successive infections. Correct. but And most of us have that. I mean, what yes. is it? 60, 70% of the population? It's yes. it's up And around 70. age five or six, mm-hmm. but it's alarming to parents. And it's also very painful and pretty impressive to a kid. Yep. So, I mean, call your doctor, obviously, but unfortunately time is the best healer in this situation. Right. And again, knowing after five to seven days, they should start feeling better. It might take a full two weeks for right. full resolution, but hydration is the most important thing. And it's highly infectious as well. During yes, 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 yes. So that's why you, yeah. they will take, you want to take them out of school. Right. Don't share utensils. Do everyone a favor. <laughs> yeah. Throw out your toothbrush after, yes. you right. know, don't kiss on the, your child right. on the mouth. because yeah. Other siblings. Yeah. 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 It's, you, it's, yeah, it's tough. That means mom or dad have to stay home for a little bit or childcare. It's, it's difficult. It really is difficult. So, okay. So the ulcerations are kind of round oval. They have that little Corona, big red spot or yellow spot in the middle. If it's viral, which we won't talk too much about, that's another topic, but that's usually Mm -hmm. a little bubble. It can be outside the mouth as well as inside the mouth. Canker sores typically are always inside the mouth. We talked about food allergies, the causes, nutritional deficiency, stress. I would say smoking will increase this too. A bad dental work. 
Oh, absolutely. fitting denture, not getting the denture relined, uh, or a new re- prosthesis or a crown. reaction to a material, a metal, right. like a you snap know. on bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Something yeah. sharp. We talked about that. Sodium lauryl sulfate. There are other things in toothpaste that can do that as well. We won't get into it. There's a new study out recently on the EU banning propylene glycol. Yes. Cosmetic products. That is in toothpaste as well. Acidic foods. I think you touched on that. What else? I would say, well, yeah, I would just say one thing, a differential. If if we try to eliminate things and we still can't get control of it, we want to look towards differential diagnoses, which it could be streptococcus is associated with it. Again, the nutritional deficiencies, varicella zoster, but Bichette's disease, Mm -hmm. and then the Crohn's and ulcerative colitis too. So it can be something more systemically involved. And so we don't want to dismiss that either. It's just, it's always in the back of my mind when a, when a patient comes in with, with all the readers and listeners are getting an idea of how big of a thing this is and how interconnected it is with so many other things that IBS connection, nutritional, let's talk a little bit about nutritional advice you would give. Uh, Let's say someone has just canker sores, they get them often, maybe even a child. I usually will ask, I immediately think gluten So I just Mm -hmm. ask more questions. I will say, do they have eczema? Do they have other skin anomalies, bumps or or rashes? Do they have any GI issues? But the interesting thing with gluten sensitivity and intolerance is very often it it doesn't manifest itself as a a gut Mm -hmm. GI thing, which many people think it does. Like we think it's going to be cramping and loose stools, but a lot often it comes out in the skin and in the mouth. So I will talk to the parent about that. Are they interested in doing an elimination diet or working with a functional medicine provider or naturopath? And oftentimes they are because they're just so exacerbated. Again, these ulcers can be very disruptive. Then I want to know about their nutritional status too. And so I do an intake and what are their B vitamins like, their iron, their zinc? How are they breathing, as you mentioned earlier? So it can be a lot of things. You know, we talk a lot about this as functional dentists. The mouth is a window to the what's happening in the rest of your body and state of health. And and if you're suffering, you know, maybe you've gone through cancer treatment, that would be an extreme. But if you're run down, you're always tired, you're burning the candle at both ends, mm-hmm. you're not eating well, which typically goes together. And then comes that sleep component. All of that suffers because you stay up late. You have to get up early because of work, because of childcare, elder care. That will show up as increased incidence of canker sores. The oral mucosa is sensitive and it responds to everything you just said and pretty much anything that wears us down. So I try and do some stress counseling. I mean, that's not my area of expertise, but I'll make recommendations. And they say children don't get stressed out, but they, I think, yeah, they react to it differently. Yeah. And And it's things that you or I might not find stressful, but they do. And I will say we do, I mean, there's, there's studies to show this. There seems to be an increase in prevalence with some of these oral ulcerations in teenagers and and humans in their early 20s because it's probably school and exams and just the stress that comes along in those years specifically. So School is very stressful at any age, five years old, preschool, Mm -hmm. that first day of preschool. I mean, we we think of it as, oh, come on. We we see it in our adult through our adult lens. And there are so many things that can be stressful. It can be something that uh, another kid said or did. And plus, they're not good at expressing it. 
So then we don't know about it. So that's something that can really set off any aspect of health in the mouth. And of course, the whole body. I mean, kids get stressed out. They suffer from inflammation. They suffer. I mean, their blood pressure can go up for a short time. Their heart rate goes up. Uh, They will not sleep well. They'll have disturbed sleep because of something that happened during the day. They're more likely to get nightmares. Anyway. This was great. I will just say, I I hope this helps people realize our conversation should probably be involved if you're coming into your dental office with yeah. With ulcers. Well, and you may worse. not have a dentist that can have this kind of root cause approach and mm-hmm. looking at the big picture and tying it to other diseases in the body or linking them. And so really you need to seek out a functional dentist. If you are getting cold sores, aphthous ulcers, canker sores, if you're getting them off and you really need kind of a big global approach or a systemic approach. And, and I would say if you can't find a functional dentist close to you, obviously you have your functional dentist finder from Ask the Dentist, but even still, it, some people just don't have access. I would say most naturopaths or functional medicine doctors, because it can be gut related, they couldn't, or nutritionally related, they might be able to help you if we're finding it's something deeper rooted than just your, your toothpaste or stress or trauma. Right. I wanted to add a few more things. We should end this soon. We went a little past our our predicted end time, which is fine. Yeah. 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 Lots to talk about. EOs, essential oils, Mm -hmm. that can really either cause or irritate, I think, a disruption and a breakdown of the oral mucosa, which leads to canker sores. It's a morphological change. The it's a thinning and a breakdown of that one cell layer. I have a story which I love to tell. There's a well-known influencer on the East Coast. He called me up one day. He was in a panic. He had been using, and I looked at the ingredients, and I checked it out myself, ordered it. It was a cinnamon-based essential oil toothpaste. It had good ingredients in it, but the concentration of the essential oil in it was essentially prevented him from doing his job for two weeks. He couldn't speak for two weeks. He burned himself and ulcerated the tissue from that natural, organic, gluten-free, wonderful toothpaste because Mm -hmm. of the essential oil. And I'm not a big fan of essential oils at any concentration. Certainly the less concentration that you see in toothpaste is better. They are bactericidal. A lot of people are very sensitive to essential oils. And the first sign of that is a skin reaction Mm -hmm. and inside the mouth. And that is an ulceration. So I would stay away from that. Hydrogen peroxide, a lot of dentists recommend that. Very caustic, very tough on the oral mucosa. People are way overusing that. I see yep. that on TikTok all of the time. Yep. And people have these extremely white, you know, mm-hmm. that very unnatural looking white teeth. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I'm thinking to myself, great, but mm-hmm. what's your oral microbiome like? I mean, what yep. is your gum health like? Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I will say with the essential oil, cinnamon, I see so many cinnamon burns. Yes. And it's careful, a sensitivity reaction. Like, with oregano too. Mm-hmm. And some of these essential yeah. oils are very powerful. Right. Yes, yeah, so I like that. That's, that's But okay. these are very small companies. I mean, we actually promote some small boutique companies as far as toothpaste goes, but doesn't mean that all of them are experts and they just will call up a a toothpaste formulator and they'll say, I want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, I mean, it's not a scientifically designed formula that is oral microbiome friendly and safe, especially for children. Then they add fluoride, you know, there's controversy there. So it's difficult to know when you're buying something in this toothpaste oral health kind of market because it falls under the category of cosmetics with the FDA. I was just going to say that. I'm finding more and more of these companies are 
they tend to have more <laughs> cosmetic people on mm-hmm. their product development teams than they do researchers or dentists, which I find a little concerning personally. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I think we covered it pretty well. I think I overall, I mean, there's a lot to know. We have a post on our website. We've talked about it. We have this podcast. Certainly, they can reach out to us on Instagram, but there's no quick answer. There's no simple answer to this. And you really need to speak to someone who can have the conversation that we just did. Mm-hmm. Could even be your physician. Some physicians are up on this, but it's something that needs to be dealt with because, it, it as you said, it does affect your daily life. I mean, some people can't speak. They're afraid to go outside, you know, if they have cold sores out. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's hard on relationships and business relationships as well. And also it's painful. It can be a sign of something bigger. You might have Crohn's disease, you know, that's just been not diagnosed. So it shouldn't be ignored. Don't we're not trying to sensationalize it. Don't panic. But it is kind of nice to know. And and again, I will say it's very different to get one or two a year, which is I would say I get one or two a year, maybe Mm -hmm. than these patients that seem to get them once a month, a couple times a month, just as you mentioned, over and over and over and over again. Mine, I get them always when I'm run down. And I'm tired and I'm stressed, you know, or, you know, I'm gluten intolerant. If I know I eat gluten when I probably shouldn't. Next day, I'll wake up with an oral ulcer on cue. And a lot um, of people that are gluten intolerant know that they get they get uh, psoriasis, they get mm-hmm. breakouts on their skin, and yeah. and it can happen in the mouth as well. Let's end on this notion that the oral microbiome may have may play a role in this. Thank goodness now we have testing. We both recommend the bristle test, and I've been working with them. I know you've mentioned it to them. It would be nice to have. I mean, they have scores on gut scores. They have nitrate scores. It would be H- nice to have H. pylori. Yeah, even exactly. though it wasn't, it's not directly linked based on the data. It seems to be a mediator in it potentially, and the Streptococcus species. Right. Lactobacillus and um, S. sanguis. There's there's some species that are being linked to, and that's what the algorithm would do. Risk. It would it would yeah. it would collect that data and make an assumption that with a, a certain degree and relationship of all those bugs to each other, or their their degree of prevalence with other better bugs, you know that relationship of all the bugs to each other that can be scored, and then if you get a high score predilection to canker sores, then you 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 know that they'll it's easier to get a solution or a preventative measure in, in mind. So yeah, I think that's something that they are working on. I'm pretty sure because this is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Most people have bouts, recurrent bouts, usually typically in the winter. That could be the dry air. And then of course pre and probiotics could help there as well. Definitely. Another, I would recommend both yeah. of those. Always recommend prebiotics. Probiotics too. My, I have favorites. You do too. We can list those in the show notes. But right. my girls take those every night after they floss and brush. We want to crowd out the bad stuff, right? And feed so, the good guys. Feed the good guys. Happy. That's right. right. Yep. This good. was fun. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Let's end it there. I hope that was helpful to everyone. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a few questions. But again, complicated topic. You see it a lot on your Instagram feed as, as I do. Great questions. But you can't just answer it in a short little little Instagram reply, right? You can't. Nope. And root cause, right? And we're all different. So what is causing ulcerations in one patient or canker sores in one patient, it could be totally different in another patient. Right. 
Well, that ends another podcast. Thank you, Stacey. It's always Thank fun you. talking with you. I learn more just speaking with you and good stuff comes out when I'm around you. And, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So what are we going to talk about next week? We really haven't talked about that. And maybe we should just look to our Instagram feeds. If people have certain topics, listeners, anything in particular? I think eventually, yeah, I would like eventually for us to talk about ingredients and just break down all the ingredient talk. That might take some time, but I get asked so much so frequently. And, you know, we say read the labels, but then the general consumer may be not, they don't know what every ingredient is, you know, and, and what what is truly pretty neutral or benign and what actually could be causing some some oral microbiome dysbiosis or imbalances. So I think that would be kind of fun. You're right. We do get a lot of questions about, uh, especially when we mention it and make recommendations, people come in with their recommendations for what they're using. And there are a lot of toothpaste out there that we're not aware of. Yes. So I've had to look them up and it's hard sometimes to find the ingredients from these manufacturers. And then there are some ingredients that I don't recognize. I have to look it up. I have to go to ChemPub. That bothers me. I yeah. don't like how hard it is to find. Put if to all the brands out there listening, please put your ingredients front and center. Up front, up front. It's so annoying, and also I lose a little trust. Yeah. Why? Are you, what are you hiding? Yeah. Well, that transparency is a good sign. It, it means yeah. that you have nothing to hide, and and then also the concentration of nano or micro hydroxyapatite. Let's put it on there. Put it on <sighs> your tube so that we know, so we don't have to ask. Because we know that there's a minimum amount for therapeutic effect. And there are, I get asked this a lot, and I go digging and looking, and and I come back and I say, you know what? I couldn't find out how much hydroxyapatite. Or was in they'll that email you back and say, oh, it's proprietary. Exactly. So, right. You know, I've gotten and that. I cannot well, recommend you, that. You and I are going to change this because we are going to start saying yep. it has to be on the label. Yep. So this Trans- is our next, transparency. next movement. You yep. and I, we exactly. have a new, a new movement. We're making our list. It's long, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I look forward thank to you. next week. That was great. Thanks, Stacey. And again, if you're looking for a functional dentist, I will put some links in the show notes. And if you need any more information, go to askthedentist.com. Pretty much everything we talked about has is on the website. But again, it's just great to run it by you, Stacey. Agree. It's always it fun helps. to talk to you, Dr. B. Thank you. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com slash directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.